And let us begin. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Na'ahmaduhu wa nasalli ala rasulhi al-kareem. Amma ba'd. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. All right. We are now entering the home stretch of just three sessions left, including this one today, inshallah. And today we are getting into the stories of origins. And so this is the this is the uh, story of Adam and Eve, peace be upon them, and Shaitan. And and so first, just looking at the ayahs themselves, let me put up the screen. Uh, the story appears, give or take, about seven times in the Quran, focusing on different details. And you all can see the, the Quran on your screen, yes? Yeah, okay, good. And otherwise, hopefully you have it in front of you. Ayahs 30 through 39. And there are three events taking place here. So, Ayah 30, And remember, when your Lord said to the angels, I'm going to create a deputy on the earth. The first sub-story here is the announcement. And then they said, are you going to create someone who's going to spread disorder on the earth and cause bloodshed while we proclaim your purity along with your praise and sanctify your name. And he says, I know what you do not know. And then, still part of the first story, he teaches Adam the names of all things, and then he presents them before the angels, and he says, tell me their names, if you are speaking the truth. In kuntum sadiqeen, with this phrase we've actually seen before, which you may or may not remember. And then they said to Allah, the angels said to Allah, Subhanaka la ilma lana, that glory to you, we have no knowledge, except what you have taught us. Indeed, you are all-knowing and the wise. And then he says to Adam, peace be upon him, tell them the names of all these things. And when he told them the names, he said, did I not tell you that I know the secrets of the heavens and the earth, and I know what you disclose and what you reveal? So that's the first story, the announcement. The second story is one ayah. This is the story of the prostration. And so when we said to the angels, prostrate yourselves before Adam, they prostrated all except for Iblis. He refused and became one of the kafirs or became like the kafirs. So that's the second story. First story, announcement. Second story is the prostration. Third story is the tree. So we said, oh, Adam, you and your wife dwell in the garden and eat whatever you like. Just don't come near this tree. Otherwise, you'll be counted among the volumine, the wrongdoers. And then Satan caused them to slip uh, essentially from, their, from the state that they were in and brought them out of it and then we said go down all of you some of you are enemies to uh, to the others and for you in the earth is is a dwelling and some sort of enjoyment or utility for a period of time and then adam learned some words with which to pray to his lord or you can say uh, yeah and and so then he repented, or he turned to him. Indeed, and so Allah turned to him, and Allah is the acceptor of repentance, and he is the most merciful. And then it finishes off by saying, okay, we, we said go down all of you from here, but when guidance comes to you from me, those who follow the guidance have nothing to fear on them, nor shall they grieve. But those who reject our signs, our ayahs, they're companions of the fire, and they will abide therein forever. Okay. So let's switch over to the whiteboard and start putting it all together to make sense of everything. And... There and to the whiteboard. Okay, once again, let me know. Y'all can see the whiteboard. Yeah. 
very good. I wonder if since COVID began, if like the, the amount of usage of thumbs up has, has increased tremendously. Alrighty. So thirty through thirty-nine, which we're calling origins for our purpose. And that's nothing more than just the influence of superhero stories. Okay. So we have three key stories here. One is the announcement, which I is which is I is 30 to 33. And then we have the prostration. which is I of 34, and then we have the tree, which is I of 35 through 39. We can add a last part here, the closing, which is basically I of 38 and 39. Okay. All righty. So, so now let's go through the announcement and, and then depending on how far we can get the prostration uh, step by step. So 230 to 33, the announce men. So what are all the steps that take place? One is Okay. So we've spoken about a couple of different types of ayas. We've had those ayas that are completely ambiguous, completely vague like alif lam mim, right? And then we've had those ayahs that give attributes. So, bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So here in the name of Allah, ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Or here's the attributes of the people of taqwa, or here's the attributes of, of the monophics, the hypocrites. And another type of ayah has been metaphors, right? Their likeness is as the likeness of the man, you know, so forth and so on, kindling the fire. So now we have another type of ayah which is historical narratives. And those are, the way you can easily tell when you have a metaphor is that it'll usually tell you it's a metaphor. So their likeness is as the likeness of the following. So historical ayahs usually begin with what is. The literal translation would be and when. And, and so a wider meaning would be and when this happened in the past. So one level, literal translation, and when, deeper, and when this happened in the past, but even deeper, it's and take a lesson from what happened in the past. And so what I'm saying here is that the Quran, as you know, gives us many, many historical narratives. So we have many narratives of prophets, many, many narratives of prophet Musa, peace be upon him, and then some of Maryam and, and Isa, peace be upon them, and then all kinds of other prophets. And it's still, however, not teaching us history. It's selecting these particular moments from history with the purpose of giving us lessons. Right, so when you're going through Surah 12, which is literally almost from start to finish, the story of Yusuf, peace be upon him, you can read it as something biographical. But, and that's not wrong, but there's obviously gonna be a lot of details that are not there. Especially if you compare that with the, with the chapters in the Hebrew Bible, Old Testament, where you get all kinds of detail of things that are taking place. And, and then the question for the reader, the believer is, okay, how much of this is relevant for me? Whereas here, every single specific point in each historical narrative is a lesson, at least a lesson. 
if not more than you know multiple lessons. So that's one point to consider, which is what that um, well, so the first point I made is how you recognize when a historical narrative is beginning, but you'll recognize it by content. And the second is what is the what is what are we being given here? We're being given lessons from history as opposed to history itself. And a third point to consider is that because these are lessons themselves, they're simultaneously literal and allegorical. Someone tell us what is an allegory? Anybody? If not, you're an honor student. You probably covered this in, in your honors program. Tell us what is an allegory? Um, allegory is kind of like a extended analogy. So it takes like the similar structure of the story maybe, and then explains it in a different story, okay. but it's longer. Yeah. And then what were you saying? Similitude. So it's like a similitude, but the, the key point I'm making is that the similitudes in the Quran are not claiming to be, are not claiming that they've actually happened, right? So the story of the man kindling the fire and the fire spreads all around, we're not saying that that moment ever happened. Uh, whereas with the allegory, it operates very similarly, just the way uh, Afnan was describing. And here we're saying that the story, for example, of Moses and, and the splitting of the sea is a literal event. That's the overwhelming majority opinion, but it is also an allegory, meaning a lesson. So for example, easy question, and you're not going to get points if you get the wrong answer, or you're not going to lose points. Okay, how many of you believe that the sea literally split into two mountains of water? Anyone want to say no, it didn't? I do. You want to say it didn't happen, or are you saying you believe it? Did. It? it did. Okay. Okay. And, and so what if we say no, it didn't happen, it's just a lesson? How would you react? Okay, I'll give you a different example, okay, because maybe that was going to break your brain. Okay, let's go to the same surah and then tell me if you think this is literal or if this is, uh, Allah is speaking in metaphorical language. So this is the story, and where is it? It's like around IS 53. Ah, okay, I-65. Oh, I'm really losing my sense of ayahs here. Okay, so the story of the people of the Sabbath. Of the Sabbath. Okay. So what's the backstory here? I-65 says, okay, you know, you have knowledge of the people who transgress in the matter of the Sabbath. And we said become apes. So then just to give some backstory, this is a community of believers long before the prophet, peace be upon him. And they were fishermen. And six days a week, they would get no fish. But they noticed that on the day they were supposed to be in worship all day long, the fish seemed to come really close to the shore for whatever reason. Yeah. And so what they did, according to one narrative, they dug a trough along the shore so that when the fish would come close, they would fall into the trough. Another narrative, they built nets on the shore so that when the fish came, they get caught up in their nets. Meanwhile, they're in worship because their obligation was you're not allowed to worship on the day of Sabbath. You, you're not allowed to work on the day of Sabbath. You have to be in worship. Yeah. So then that was looked at as though they were playing with the rules because technically they were in worship. Technically they weren't working, but they were working, right? They still had their nets up. They were still earning dunya. And so then this ayah says that they were told to be turned into apes. So how many of you believe they were physically turned into apes? Yeah, says no. Usab no. says yes. Anyone else? Ayah no. says no. No. Quran says no. Mosin says no. Late says yes. Okay, let's have a, uh, those of you, uh, Judy, which way were you voting? Okay, you're, you're, no, 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 no. You have to, you have to do. A, okay, fine, fine. Okay. So, <clears throat> uh, it doesn't seem as though you're all as confident about this as you were about the splitting of the sea. 
Linden Sea seems more more amazing to me. Like the it's literally the water splits into two mountains of water. So we're not even talking about low tide here. Mountains of water, and they're walking through it. So there's a, there's a, there's a so it it this one appears to be more like a behavior change. Okay. Okay. Like uh, it, it affected. It may have affected their behavior to be like ape-like okay. uh, mm -hmm. in terms of uh, their actions or in terms of their interaction, or they like became more uh, like uh, maybe more like worldly than 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 people of uh, faith. Uh, okay. It could be like that. But but in that case, uh, uh, in 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 terms of sea splitting, because then how uh, has it Musa saved the people then? Okay, so then we would just say that, you know, he was still given a path through. Yeah. Not necessarily. It seems more like a metaphor. I, I think that's what he was kind of saying yeah. is that it's a humiliation to be a monkey and not a man. Okay. Okay. And so, uh, any other arguments? Like, why'd you say yes? What are you calling on me? Because, um, I mean, if, if we're. I don't know. To me, if we're reading it as just being kind of like, uh, you know, some sort of character trait, I feel like that's something we'd be reading into it. And I don't know, for me, like, there's no reason to read that into it if we don't necessarily read that into the sea splitting. Okay. Um, and oh, so you're saying, why do we read one one way and the other one a different way? Yeah. Okay. And both are equally easy for Allah. So, I mean, okay. why not just make them apes? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, sorry. why'd you say no? Um, I mean, so it, it, it could be either, right? So uh, because it's uh, within the power of Allah to, to make it either. But in this case, it does seem like it's metaphorical. Okay. But you're saying effectively, it just seems, yeah. Yeah, this, this one seems more, more metaphorical. And uh, yeah, it's because, yeah, because we often refer to people's behavior as, you know, animalistic, not really thinking about what the result is or, you know, okay. the losing all sense of purpose and... Yeah. Okay. But maybe too, because it's um, like, we don't want to be turned into a monkey ourselves. We could see that happening. We don't want to personalize it. Whereas water's water. We're not going <laughs> to, okay. it's not personal. Right. Uh, I'm going to suggest, tell me what you all think that, uh, that the reason we all believe that the mountain, the water split is because we've been so taught that over and over again and because everyone else seems to believe it, so it's not a stretch. But because this story of being converted into apes is not taught as much, and, and thus we're resorting to just our, our own interpretation of it. Also could be that uh, the split up uh, reference you may find in in Old Testament too, right? Uh, in the same in the same manner, but uh, not the yes, other. Yes, I'm one. saying because everybody else believes it. Yeah, you know. that could be too. Okay, but should it affect our faith now in present, whether we believe either way, mm -hmm. if we are learning a lesson? So it means our focus should be like uh, learning a lesson. Okay, so I mean, uh, when we were in I twenty six, we spoke about what is the bare. Uh, obligation that I have to the ayahs is that I take these all as truth from Allah. So the words we all accept this is truth from Allah. Whatever it means, Allah knows best. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Isa's saying, Prince of Egypt. <laughs> the cartoon emphasizes the Red Sea splitting to people's minds. Okay, fair enough. Um, in terms of biblical criticism, there's debate over whether it's the Red Sea or the Reed Sea or which sea it is. Uh, Isa says, some of the translations have become like apes. Yeah, the ayah literally says, be apes, okay. you know, like literally they're being told uh, as opposed to uh, the ayah doesn't say be like apes or such. And so, so to your question, Asha, is it all or nothing? No. Um, the, the key point, the, the, the basic point that I'm raising is that I'm suggesting the reason we accept one as literal is because we're already used to accepting it as literal and because everybody else does too, right? And the reason we, we're kind of thinking of the other one as metaphor is because that story is not as common. And so it's a little bit harder to argue that they were converted to apes, even though 
in the story of the children of Israel, everything, you know, miraculous is happening. Not just the splitting of the sea. Each one is being given a, a um, later on, they're given their own, um, their own river to drink from. Uh, not in the Quranic literature, but in, in outside the Quranic literature that they have clothing that never, that never uh, expires, uh, never wears out. So related on that point, uh, what about manna and quail, manna and salwa? Did they, so they were provided with this food. What form was it provided? Literally. So for that, Judy, you'd say yeah, literal. Because, because we also have the example of Miriam who was okay. in the temple and, and the table was always full. Okay. And so you're saying that literal. Absolutely. Okay. Any other thoughts? In that, so the part that I'm asking is that when it's provided for them, Judy, what form was it provided? So, meaning, is it just that they had birds that, walk up, that were walking up to them? Were they already made into dinner? No, I would have assumed it was natural. It was the birds. Okay. Maybe easy to, maybe like, like the fish, it's easy to catch them. Okay. Like uh, they were more like, uh, like subdued, like as compared to like uh, very, very hard to catch. Okay. But one, one point is that like in terms of Bani Israel, I believe that it is possible literally too, because the amount of miracles very, were very, very high at that time. Mm-hmm. Not at the same as the time of the Prophet, uh, Prophet Muhammad, right. because Prophet Muhammad was completely different uh, approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it could be like everything could be literal too at the yeah. time of Bani Israel because they mm-hmm. were like literal miracles were happening at that time. Mm-hmm. And so all of these, whether or not they're literal, they're still lessons, right? They're still allegorical. Good. But the point I'm raising is that those things that we believe are literal, uh, more often than not, it's because we're already used to believing them as literal uh, and or because everyone else already believes them. But those things that we're kind of defaulting to taking as non-miraculous, it's more of our our modern lens that's saying, no, no, I don't think that one's literal, you know. Uh, whereas if we, you and I had this conversation 800 years ago, uh, I suspect a lot of people would say, no, they're all literal, right? But our modern lens gets very, very skeptical about a whole lot of things. Okay, in any case, having said that, now going back to to our story, in terms of what is here, majority opinion is that the story of Adam and Eve, peace be upon them, overwhelming majority is that this is all literal, but it does not mean that it is chronological. So now let's the screen. So they have the announcement. And then what are the parts of the announcement? One, Allah announces A khalifa, so we talked about the meaning of the word khalifa. And then the angels question him. And then uh, Allah says, I know what you do not know. So this is I have 30. And then after that, what happens? Allah teaches Adam the names of things. And we'll talk about these things are in a moment. And peace be upon him, the names. And then Allah asks the angels for the names. Then they don't know. The next ayah, Allah tells Adam to teach. And you share the names. Adam shares. And then Allah says, Did I not tell you that I know what you reveal and what you conceal? 
Okay. So those are the big moments, and then we'll we'll add the detail as we go through each part. So there's this moment in pre-history, pre-eternity, before time and place, where Allah announces to the angels He's creating a Khalifa on the earth. And then the angels say, "Are you going to create someone who is going to shed blood, while all we do is proclaim Your glory and glorify You, and so forth and so on?" Why are they asking this question? What are possible reasons why they're questioning Allah? So let's take a step back. Or Judy, were you about to say something? Well, I just kind of thought they don't have free will and they already maybe thought creation was perfect the way it was. Why throw mm -hmm. this wild card out there? Mm -hmm. So let's add another screen to talk about these attributes, these different types of beings. So we're going to call them conscious beings. We're just going to call them these different beings. So in creation, we have angels. We have humans. And then we have jinn. Okay. So relate to the point that, that you made, Judy. Uh, you angels have free will. No. They do not. Now, free will is being defined how here? Free will is the ability to disobey Allah. Mm -hmm. That's the key point here, that angels do not have the ability to disobey Allah. As we see, they have the ability to question Allah. They have names, they have self-consciousness and such, but they don't have the ability to disobey. It's like literally not in their capability. Humans. Humans have the ability to disobey law. Yes. Do jinns have the ability to disobey law? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then their form, what are angels made from? Anyway. Pure light, nor. Yeah, so they're made from light. Humans? Uh, clay. Okay, clay and? Sounding mud. <laughs> Water. Water. And what are gins made from? Fire. Hot fire. The, the blue part. Maybe the blue part or maybe just some other type of fire. Yeah. So. Invisible fire. Invisible part of fire. Sure. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, the light that angels are made from is probably nothing like the, the light of, of these lamps here. Right. And so it's possible that the fire is also something completely different. Okay. Uh, and so. So I drew this to, to, to emphasize the fact that, yes, that angels don't have the ability to disobey Allah. And so what is their role? Their role is basically to be Allah's robots. And so among their various different uh, responsibilities, as we know, there are some angels that have the responsibility of carrying revelation. So we have Jibreel who's carrying revelation. And there may be other angels that are along with that in the process. Uh, there are, there's the angel of death. There's the angel of the day of judgment. There's the angels of like protecting angels. There's the angels we have recording everything. There are some angels whose only existence is to prostrate for Allah, right? And then there's some angels whose only job is to prostrate for Allah for something like a day. Then they get replaced with other angels that do the same thing. And then it is commonly understood that the angels are basically operating reality. So imagine the world that is around you is a veil. And if you could literally get to the other side of the veil, it's angels that are operating everything. And so a way to think about that is through the way we understand things in this world, when a raindrop is falling from a cloud down to the ground, it's gravity. Yet if we were to somehow look on the other side, it's angels that are taking down each raindrop, which I think is a really cool idea, right? So every single raindrop is being carried down by angels or what we're perceiving to be is carried down. So these are Allah's robots. So if Allah is going to have a deputy in the world, it would follow logically that they would be assigned the responsibility. Right, because that's their job for everything else. So why would Allah create anything else? And then 
why are they asking, are you going to create someone who's going to shed blood and cause all kinds of corruption? And so there's a couple of ways to read this. One is that they are, they, their nature is light and the natural, their nature, everything is synthesis. If Allah is going to create a, something, especially from the world, it's being formed from friction. And there's going to be part of its nature is going to be destructive. That's one reading. Another reading is that they've already seen what's on the earth in terms of animals. And there are also narratives that there's this big war among the jinns in the world that a specific jinn, Azazil, established peace among these tribes of jinns that were at war. So that could be another reason. I'm saying one reason is that they can't conceive that any other creation could be more perfect than their creation. So it's going to be less perfect, which means the, the eventual consequence is going to be destruction. In others, they've already seen things in creation. Nevertheless, these are the questions that they asked. And then Allah says, I know what you do not know. And at one level, what is he saying? Exactly what it says. I know what you don't know. But then we're going to see at the end of the ayah that, there's, that there may be more to what he is saying to them. So now Allah has Adam, peace be upon him. I made the point that it is not necessarily the case that these stories are, are chronological. It could be that while this story is taking place of Allah with the announcement, elsewhere Allah is in conversation with Adam, peace be upon him, at the same time. It could be that the story of Adam is coming before the announcement. So maybe the angels have seen something in the form of Adam. The key point I'm making is that we're talking about a dimension that is outside of time. So this is not necessarily chronological. So he teaches Adam the names of all things. And there's all kinds of uh, interpretation of what these names are. It could be the names literally of everything. It could be the names of Allah. Uh, there's a subtle point in the Arabic grammar. So in Arabic grammar... What happens, those of you who know Arabic grammar, what happens when you have an inanimate object in a plural? So let's say, for example, kitab, uh, Arabs, they have none. Is kitab masculine or feminine? Masculine? Yes, good. Okay, got it. So, yeah. <laughs> so Jewel, you are correct. So kutub, books, neither what would be books, masculine or feminine? Like, why are you picking up so kuto would actually be feminine and singular, as 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 Jewel is pointing out, and so so the pronoun that's being used here is masculine plural. So uh, so where to go? Um, so, ya adamu ambi'uhum, okay, bi asma'ihim. So he's saying, Allah's, Allah's saying, tell them the names of these things. But it's the masculine, um, it's a masculine plural. And so chances are, these are not the names of all things. Maybe they're the names of Allah. Maybe they're the names of people. Uh, Whatever the case may be, this pronoun usage is, is makes mystery even more interesting. But there's no there's no conclusion in terms of what is being spoken about, except that Adam is being given knowledge that the angels are not being given. And so now let's go back to this other screen. That's not where I want to be. Uh, In terms of superiority, which is the most superior of creations? Is it angels, humans, or jinns, and why? Wouldn't it depend on how you categorize superiority? Um, best in terms of esteem with Allah. I don't know if that helps at all. So we're not talking about who has the most astonishing physical abilities 
So humans, uh, humans, because they have the option to choose angels, humans best. Okay. So the ones that are considered to be the most superior are actually humans. But because of intellect. If there's a small asterisk here, we'd be talking about upright humans. So upright humans would be considered even superior to angels. Because angels don't have a choice in the matter. So the way uh, the point that Jules is making is that humans have a choice. But of course, humans uh, that are not upright would be the worst of the worst. The key point here is that the humans have intellect that the angels do not have. And so, so now going back to this screen, so that's the first part. And then Allah teaches Adam the names and asks the angels, and the angels say, Subhanaka, glory to you. We have no knowledge except for what you have given us. Why did they say glory to you? What are possible reasons? Well, that's oh, what they literally just said as someone was speaking. Iqbal? Always there in obedience of Allah's mouth. Yeah. I mean, literally in the previous ayah, they said, you know, are you going to create someone who sheds blood while all we do is glorify you and praise you? So when even Allah is speaking to them, their default is to praise Allah. That's how they talk. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma alamtana. You know, glory to you, Allah. We have no knowledge except for what you have given us. And so even their language is praising him and their language is the language of submission. So then in the third part listed up here, so this is sort of, you know, so this is like A, B, C. Then Allah tells Adam to share the names. Adam does. How old is Adam in this story? In terms of what we would imagine, like in terms of earth years. What do you think? Because we usually imagine that these are adults. So even we get into the story of Adam and Eve and the tree, how do you imagine, how old do you imagine them to be? Do you imagine them to be middle-aged, senior citizens, you know, college-age students? What do you think? Actually, 20s. Young 20s, all right. Yeah, and I would suggest that's literally just our own imagination. For all we know, they could be little kids. So they're in a place where human time doesn't exist? Absolutely. In terms of maturity-wise, they might be the equivalent of what we imagine eight-year-olds. I think this story even makes more sense if you imagine them to be eight-year-olds, seven-year-olds, versus, let's say, 30-year-olds, especially when we get into the story of the tree. But consider that. So the bottom line is we don't know. And uh, I think Musab asked a question much earlier about some physical attributes of, of Adam, peace be upon him. Uh, we don't have too much in, in, we have very little in the Quran and we have a little bit in the Hadith literature, but in the Hadith literature, it seems to say that Adam is like eight feet, 80 feet tall. And literal metaphor, who knows, Allah knows best. If the prophet said it, then it's truth. But if you do a search on Google for Adam's thobe, you can, uh, some Arabs, because this is what Arabs do in the context of these, they literally stitched his thobe. And, and so you can find a photo of this 80 foot long. <laughs> so, and again, he's back to class. So, so yeah, exactly. So, Asha, it, it seems sort of like the behavior is a little bit more childlike. If that is the case, what is the point of having Adam? share the names. The angels are already submitting to whatever Allah says. They're never going to disagree with Allah. So what would be a benefit of sharing these names, of having Adam share these names? For possible benefits. Well, it is it is to answer their question. Like, they don't know what uh, what uh, what he knows and what the names he taught to Adam 
sure. they were not they didn't know basically angels didn't sure. know but we're talking about angels they're gonna be happy with whatever allah gave whatever allah says uh Iqbal. yeah just to make a point that peace is something a creature that is going it's a learning ability in it versus robot mm-hmm. okay so it could be just to show but again i'm suggesting that the angels are so to speak happy with whatever allah says so the whole lesson could have ended when they say glory to you we have no knowledge except for what you have given us and so if not understanding to establish superiority over the angels to establish whose superiority humans humans and for who to see it i think it's for adam himself to see it see so, the point here that i'm suggesting like uh, what were you saying so earlier point like about the childish part i mean uh, is that something we're going to consider other options or this is where we're going to build on well i'm saying that um uh he uh, in terms of his maturity or adam and eve's maturity they could have the maturity of a 50 year old they could have the maturity of a 20 year old they could have the maturity of a 10 year old the main point i'm i'm addressing is that we're often imagining in these stories that they're all adults but that's not necessarily the case i'm just i'm just challenging the idea that they must be adults that's all oh, okay And so I think uh, somebody else had your hand raised. Uh, Mohsen, Mohsen, I'm sorry, do you have your hand raised? Uh, I do, I do. And uh, this, will, this could start getting uh, a little bit tricky. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this could have been sort of the point, especially if we start thinking about the theory of evolution and all those things mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the, that, uh, the angels that seen all the create creatures before, before Adam, and before the before uh, you know uh, uh, humans and they see that what limited uh, sort of intellect they have uh, and yet here comes now uh, a species that has this superior intellect that has this this power of of language and uh, the ability to transmit language and knowledge uh, which no, no no other species ever has right even even to this day we don't see anything that comes even close to to the intellect that that humans have mm-hmm. Could and, be. And, yeah. yeah yeah i mean you just remind me of a, of a goofy story so i was in this interfaith conversation there's another muslim with me and then somebody asked you know what is your belief on evolution and so the muslim guy with me you know took the you know spoke immediately and he referred to the ayah we looked at about you know turn into apes he said based on that ayah humans didn't come from apes apes came from humans Yeah. Hey case. So some of you don't know if you understand what what he said like uh the ayakuna iradatan khasiin that was um yeah anyway okay so so here I'm suggesting for our consideration that Allah is making the point to whom especially he's making the point to Adam himself that Adam is witnessing uh what he has that the angels don't have the angels are are taking whatever it is that Allah gave them and that's just i'm saying that as as a, a point to consider and then at the end <clears throat> Allah says did i not tell you that i know what you reveal and what you conceal and so here who is Allah speaking to he is speaking to the angels but he's speaking to all creation and and so when the angels are asking why are you going to create someone else what are they perhaps understanding why would you create someone other than uh, us which is sort of what they're saying but who else is present in this event potentially it's this other creature which gets us now into the second story and i'm going to come back to this so right now it's it's what i just said is a little bit ambiguous so and we may or may not finish this part of the story today the prostration So what happens Allah tells the angels to prostrate. And then what do the angels do? The angels prostrate. And then Iblis refuses. and and then we have some attributes 
he um uh, uh, he refuses he he gets arrogant and then it becomes like the cockers or becomes among the cockers okay so Allah tells the angels to prostrate before Adam, peace be upon him. What is, so symbolically, this is the easy question, what does that mean? What is the symbol of the prostration? Yeah, it's, it's the recognizing superiority of Adam, of Adam, peace be upon him. Who, to whom are they prostrating? So let me change the question. If you are in Mecca, in front of the Kaaba, and you're prostrating, to whom are you prostrating? Allah. You're prostrating to Allah. So the angels, the form is a prostration to Adam, but the actual prostration is a prostration to Allah. Why? Because Allah told them to do it. See what I'm saying? That they're actually prostrating to Allah. They're not, I mean, the form, they're, they're, they're prostrating towards Adam, peace be upon him. And when you and I are facing the Kaaba, we're told to prostrate towards the Kaaba, facing the Kaaba. But we're not even saying that the Kaaba is superior to us. We're prostrating to Allah. Why are we prostrating? Because Allah told us to do so. Yeah. So it makes okay. it a little bit uh, ambiguous that maybe Adam was not present there when they were prostrating to Allah. Maybe. That's a, that's a good point. Maybe he or, was, maybe he wasn't. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe he was protest, uh, pro, uh, pro, He was also uh, prostrating uh, himself with there, angels. I mean... There, uh, maybe, maybe not in this moment, meaning uh, there's nothing here for us to hint that he himself is also prostrating there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so then we have Iblis who refuses. So as you know, in another part of the Quran, Allah asks, when I gave the command to prostrate, why didn't you prostrate? What does Iblis say? Easy question. Uh, when I, I, I'm from fire and he's from dust. Yeah, and yeah, you fire created is superior. Me. Yeah, I'm better than him. You created me from fire, you created him from clay. Okay. So, what could have Adam said? Or not, subhanAllah. What could have Iblis said? Allah asks, when I gave the command to prostrate, why didn't you prostrate? What could he have said? What should he have said? Because Allah told angels to prostrate. Okay. So he is not angel, right? Mm -hmm. So he could have said, the command isn't for me. Yeah. I'm a jinn. I'm not an angel. Or what Jewel says, I only prostrate to you, Allah. Okay. But that's not what he said. And so the point I'm making is that the command is for angels. So then the question is, why... Or does it apply to Iblis? So one understanding is that Iblis was so pious that he was of the status of the angels. And so when the command was given for angels, Iblis is included. That's one understanding. Another understanding is that the command was for angels. Iblis is not an angel. And even if the command was for him, he's refusing. He's not going to prostrate. See the difference between the two? One is that the command does apply to him. The other is that the command doesn't apply to him. In both cases, he's refusing. In both possibilities, he's refusing to prostrate. Why is he refusing to prostrate? This is where it gets more fun. Because of his arrogance. That's because the excuse that he gave. That is excuse. Why doesn't he prostrate? So the angels, they're asking Allah, why are you creating someone when you already have us here? And Iblis 
So what was Iblis's name before he becomes Iblis? Because Iblis is the title he gets, um, the one who has despaired, the one who has separated himself. So his name was Azazel. So what is taught, taught about Azazel? This is not in the Quran. This is outside of the Quran. That there's not a spot in the world where he did not do sajda to Allah. Every single spot in the world, he did a sajda to Allah. So where you are sitting, where I am sitting, he has done sajda to Allah there. Yeah. Voluntary sajdas, voluntary prostrations. And then on top of that, it's said that he's established this peace between these warring tribes. He thought he should be the Khalifa. But out of jealousy, he's refusing to prostrate. And then what is he doing to reinforce himself? He's hiding behind arrogance. So we have an ayah that comes a little bit later. And then let's look at, let's see if we can look at that really quickly. Around ayah 87, I always forget where. Uh, Iqbal, uh, while I'm pulling this up, why don't you ask your question? So, so here look like there's three beings are competing one position. Uh, I wouldn't say competing, but uh, three beings thought that they were the most qualified. Right? Mm -hmm. And angels are just, think of angels as purely rational like computers. Their assessment is that we're the most qualified for the job. So there's no jealousy there. And then Iblis is saying, look, I did so much. I should be the one. And then Adam is just okay. Make sense? So, so, yeah. so, yeah, in the earlier ayah, angels are what angels, like what you reveal and what you conceal. I mean, you did not elaborate more yeah, on yeah. that. Yeah, so we're coming I, back to that. We're, well, I mean, we're basically, I'm sharing it right now that uh, what Iblis is concealing is that he wanted to be the Khalifa. And so here, can you all see the ayah, ayah 87 on the screen? Okay. So the first part of it is speaking to Bani Israel, children of Israel. We gave Musa the book, and after him we sent all sorts of messengers, one following the other. And we gave clear signs to Isa, the son of Maryam, peace be upon them, and supported them with, I don't like this translation of Holy Spirit, it's more like sanctified soul. Then how is it that every time a prophet came to you with what does not meet your desires, which, which does not meet your hawa, you grow arrogant, a better translation would be you hide behind arrogance. And if that is not enough, you accuse the messengers of lying. And if that is not enough, you'll resort to violence. This we see is a summary of the Quraysh in Mecca. The prophet is giving his message and then some respond with arrogance. You know, what kind of nonsense is this? And then as he's getting more and more popular, they start accusing him of plagiarizing. They start accusing him of making this all up. They start accusing him of lying. A sadiq al-amin, literally the most truthful of them all. And then when that was not enough, then they decide they had to kill him. So what I'm saying here is that Iblis, what is part of his story? He wanted to be the Khalifa. But uh, out of jealousy, he refused to acknowledge Adam's role, peace be upon him. It's also interesting when you get into the like the hadith literature, like there's these these almost strange hadith of Adam he's forming. And then Azazil, aka Iblis, would walk around and would try to kick him or would like spit on him or would just like, you know, just like grunt at him because he didn't like what was being formed. And so Iblis is jealous. He hides his jealousy behind arrogance. And then that leads him to start acting like a kafir. Is Iblis a kafir? Yeah. Well, he's talking to Allah, isn't he? And, and we'll see in the next part of the story. Because, in fact, it's here. So when Allah asks him, when I gave the command, why didn't you do it? He says, okay, you created me from fire. You created him from clay. I'm better than him. And then what does Allah do? Then Allah banishes him. And so Allah's talking directly to him. He's talking directly to Allah. So it's not like he's an atheist or anything. He's literally believing in Allah. He's talking to Allah. And then he says to Allah what? 
don't send me to hell now. Uh, send me to hell on the day of judgment. Granted. And then he says, don't, uh, 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 to show you that you're wrong or because you made this happen, Allah, I'm going to sit on the straight path and lead your servants astray. And then that is also granted, granted to try. Allah says, you're not going to be able to get my true servants. So he's literally talking directly to Allah. So how can he possibly be a kafir? But he's effectively, you know, a kafir, right? You see what I'm saying? A kafir is basically saying, I don't believe any of this. But here, Iblis knows reality. He's literally talking to Allah. So So he became like those among the, the, the kafirs. Okay, Nether. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm just thinking about this a bit. And so it seems like Iblis ends up being, if we're thinking of that whole spectrum, like from Fasiq to yeah. Ihsan, like he was on the far right-hand side of the spectrum and then he turns on a dime towards being a Fasiq. So like, was all of this just building up or was it underneath the surface or how does that really work? So because all of those uh, prostrations were voluntary, he probably wasn't at the level of Ehsan. Uh, uh, but because uh, someone who's at that level probably can't fall back. But he was definitely aspiring to be there, or seems to have been. And so, even you know, terms like uh, Fasik, Munafik, you know, Kafir, Iblis is just Iblis. He's Shaitan, right? He's the accursed devil. Right. So it's almost like the terms become even irrelevant at this point. Effectively, he's closest to a Kafir, but we might say he's a Munafik because he obviously knows the truth. So, but yeah, so. So he's just literally just shaped on. But the point I'm, I'm sharing for you to consider is that it's not necessarily the case that it's arrogance why he refused the prostration. Arrogance is the, or the, his superiority is the excuse that he gave. But arrogance is this thing that we hide behind to hide our insecurities. So this seems so to be I have a quick nature. question. You... Yes. Judy, go ahead. You were saying that he was... Um prostrating everywhere but he wasn't at the level of his sand because yeah. he was able to be swayed to the other side so is it more like a child who is saying here i am see what i'm doing like kind of showing yeah. off so this goes back to what i'm suggesting the intellectual maturity level of adam and then eve peace be upon him in the next story it may be that they are basically children at this point Allah knows best but the, the intellect or the maturity level of jinns in general seems to be the, the intellectual maturity of a human child, including Iblis himself. Because when you look at Iblis as a child, he really sounds like a really spoiled brat. Even though, you know, he might be now a couple thousand years old. But yeah, that's, that's basically what I'm saying. Exactly, Judy. Any other questions, thoughts, reflections before we complete the story tomorrow, inshallah? Something that just kind of popped in my head was that um, why would he, why would Iblis want to be the inheritor on earth if that meant being further away from God? Uh, why would it mean that it's further away from God, though? Um, I guess, like, I don't know, I think of, like, the angels being in the presence of God, and if Iblis is amongst the angels, then mm. he's in the presence of God, whereas yeah. being on earth... Mm. would not be like that in some sense? Um, that's an interesting point I've never considered. Uh, and so uh, so it could be possible that he doesn't see it that way, or it could be that, you know, if he had to choose between, you know, uh, super high piety versus being the king of the world, you know, uh, I think uh, that's in, that can be an easy temptation. You have someone who's dedicating their life to Allah and then they get this opportunity to have like uh, an amount of dunya that they never imagined. And it can actually literally be a temptation. So I think that's a really an interesting uh, uh, way to look at it. Maybe modern, modern definition of elite applied to him at that time. 
like he was expecting that uh, like he 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 definitely knew the conversation is happening between angels and allah taala and he might have assumed that he's the person who will be eventually will be like granted because he has all the merits he like he was very close to he did so many things so he is the ideal person to be selected and then yeah and they get pets he gets passed over so his faith is affected by all these uh, motiv- motivations or, or or like feelings or whatever yeah. like uh, that took over his iman and mm-hmm. took him to the other side is i mean literally that's what he says to allah because you made this happen he's blaming allah i think this is surah al-a'raf yeah. 7 you know that i'm going to sit on a straight path and take your servants astray okay and your last thoughts reflections tomorrow inshallah then we will do the story of the tree and put this all together and then on wednesday or tuesday inshallah then we'll put the entire ayahs 1 through 39 together inshallah all righty subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik Allah tell you all inshallah wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh